This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Wednesday, November 9th. I'm Julia Caulfield. And I'm Gavin McGough. In today's headlines, an election night wrap-up. Chain-up station plans gain traction. High school musical with Telluride High School. And a mountain weather forecast. It was a calm election night for San Miguel County candidates. County Commissioner Lance Waring, Sheriff Bill Masters, Clerk and Recorder Stephanie Van Dam, County Coroner Emil Sante, Treasurer Brandy Hatfield, Assessor Sarah Enders, and County Surveyor Dave Foley all ran unopposed as incumbents. Each came out with 100% of the vote. San Miguel County Court Judge Sean Murphy won his retention in the position with 75% of the vote. Following his win on election night, Commissioner Lance Waring shared his gratitude with voters looking forward to the next four years. I'm excited about uh, bringing resolution to the rich development question. I'm excited about um, completing the east end of the county master plan update, which we're embarking on. And after that, uh, moving to a down valley master plan update. County clerk and recorder Stephanie Van Dam echoed her gratitude to voters. When I knew nobody was running against me, I just I felt like I must have a tremendous amount of trust from our community uh, in that re- regard. Um, and so I'm honored to have it, and I will continue to, to hold that trust um, and, and, and consider that every day while I'm doing my job, whether it's elections or motor vehicle or recording. Um, and so just thank you to everyone in San Miguel County. Coroner Emil Sante notes it hardly feels like winning when you're running uncontested, but he appreciates the support nonetheless. We didn't really have uh, much of a competition, but I, I definitely feel like I will um, gladly accommodate that seat and uh, do my very best um, that I can for San Miguel County. And uh, I just... Uh, really appreciate the voters um, for uh, their support. County Assessor Sarah Enders shares the sentiment. I appreciate everyone who voted for me. Um, I know there weren't any other options, but <laughs> I still appreciate the votes. San Miguel County Sheriff Bill Masters says he appreciates the support of the community, adding he's grateful to voters for their turnout. I'm really glad everybody went out and voted this time. Uh, I think there's a lot of important issues, and there were a lot of very important contested races and I appreciate that uh, we had a good turnout for uh, voters, uh, not just in San Miguel County, but across the state. So thank you all for taking the time to vote. On the statewide level, races were more closely contested, but Democrats held strong. Colorado Governor Jared Polis has been reelected for a second term. The Associated Press called the race less than an hour after the polls closed. Shortly before 8 p.m. on Tuesday evening, Polis addressed his supporters and said his victory protects people's freedom. Free to love who you love, free to decide your own family's future in our amazing great state of Colorado and a Colorado for all. Because in Colorado, we offer something truly special, the idea that your choices belong to you and no one else. During the campaign, Polis was criticized by his opponent, Heidi Ganahl, for rising crime rates in Colorado. During his acceptance speech, Polis identified tackling crime as a priority for his second term, along with the climate crisis and the economy. We're going to continue to make our communities safer 
by investing in law enforcement and preventing crime before it happens. We're going to continue to aggressively tackle clean air and climate change, preparing for drought and wildfires while creating good paying jobs and making Colorado a safer place for everyone. Before he ran for governor in 2018, Polis served five terms in Congress. U.S. Senator Michael Bennett also won his re-election bid and will now serve a third six-year term. Bennett's Republican challenger, Joe O'Day, conceded the race just after 8 p.m. on Tuesday. Bennett says health care and immigration are two major issues he will work on in his next term. Regarding Colorado, he says we have to secure the future of the Colorado River and the American West. And he says people's economic future needs to be secured. When people lose a sense of opportunity for themselves and their families, that's when inevitably, in human history, somebody shows up and says, I alone can fix it. You don't need a democracy. You don't need the rule of law. You should expect your public sector and your private sector to be hopelessly corrupt, hopelessly bankrupt. That is the dark vision that Donald Trump ran for president on. That is the dark vision that he won on. And tonight, Colorado is rejecting that vision for our country. Bennett currently serves on the Finance Committee, the Select Committee on Intelligence, and the Committee on Agriculture, Nutrition, and Forestry. Secretary of State Jenna Griswold will serve a second term. Griswold is the youngest Secretary of State in the country and has been a vocal critic of conspiracy theories about election deniers, something she pledges to continue to fight against. In my next term, we will continue to protect and expand every Coloradan's right to vote. We will push back on the election conspiracies that threaten our nation, and we will continue to make Colorado's elections the gold standard in America. Attorney General Phil Weiser also won a second term. In his victory speech, he referred to his family's story of promise and optimism. His mother was born in a Nazi concentration camp. And in my family, we are one generation from surviving the Holocaust to standing before you as Colorado's Attorney General. That's America. Weiser spoke about the many prominent Republicans who supported his campaign, including Republican State Representative Don Corum from Montrose. He pledged to work for all Coloradans in his next term. Four years ago when I was here, I talked about my commitment to serving as the people's lawyer. Now I stand before you with a team and a record of what that means, which is advancing the rule of law protecting our democracy, and promoting justice for all. Throughout his campaign, Weiser pledged to continue to protect abortion rights in Colorado, particularly in the wake of the Supreme Court decision overturning Roe v. Wade. In the race to represent Colorado's third congressional district, it's still too close to call. Republican Representative Lauren Boebert is trailing Democrat Adam Frisch of Aspen. At broadcast deadline on Wednesday, Frisch was ahead by just over 1%. Speaking to Aspen Public Radio late Tuesday night, Frisch says he's excited at what he saw on election night, but he wants to let the election play out. I full faith in the Secretary of State's office that whenever they call the election, it will be the right winner. I hope it's me. I'm planning on it to be me, but I'm certainly not going to get over my skis, and we'll take one day at a time. Frisch trailed Bobert in donations and name recognition, but campaigned hard throughout the district in recent weeks. You know, it wasn't until the last couple months when some people started to look at a little bit, and it wasn't until the last couple hours that people realized, oh my goodness, the guy that out in western Colorado 
he might actually have something. On election night, Colorado voters shot down one statewide alcohol-related measure on the ballot. Voters overwhelmingly opposed expanding retail liquor licenses. A national liquor store chain was backing the measure. Small local businesses were against it. At broadcast deadline, two measures allowing beer licensees to sell wine and allowing for alcohol delivery were too close to call. Colorado voters have approved a measure to provide free school lunches for all kids. It will be paid for by reducing tax breaks for the wealthy. Measures to establish a statewide affordable housing fund and another to decriminalize psilocybin statewide and create locations where Coloradans can access the drug were also too close to call. With a windfall of cash from the state and great berms of snow packing in each winter, the Colorado Department of Transportation has been working to establish chain stations along Highway 145 outside of Telluride. After almost two years of planning, the Director of Transportation for Southwest Colorado, Julie Constant, says CDOT has settled on two preferred locations. One of those is Down Valley near the County Transportation Department, and the other is at the Lawson Hill Roundabout. Uh, 80% of our, really 100% of our chain law data is showing that we usually put chain law in effect at Lawson Hill. I think we've already done it at least once, maybe twice this year. There is existing lighting there. We are preferring to go ahead and light this chain station, but we would turn the lights off between chain law events, so we're not adding additional lighting the rest of the year. Um, what we're seeing from our data, we're looking at around 10 events a year that require those lights to come on. There's already lighting up there at the roundabout, um, so hopefully it's not adding that much more to it. Constant presented the plans to the Board of County Commissioners at a work session this week. And one important update, CDOT is no longer planning to install a full chain station outside ski ranches in Mountain Village. This location, known as the West Meadows, received a great deal of opposition in the past. Constance says CDOT would still like to pave a pullout along the road. If we do have some funds to pave the pullout at West Meadows, we might consider that. So at least it's a paved backup spot. I don't know how the community feels about that. It wouldn't be lighted. It wouldn't be signed. It wouldn't say this is a chain, chain of location, but we, could, we might potentially have some funds to go ahead and at least pave that pullout there. Constance says that providing ample chain up and chain down stations are important not only for driver and trucker safety, but also for keeping roads in good condition. The additional pullout at West Meadows could make sure that truckers aren't using chains on dry pavement. Part of our concerns is making sure that we don't have the trucks running on dry pavement more than necessary or wet pavement, pavement without snow on it, because that does eat up our asphalt. I only receive enough funding to pave about 37 miles a year. And I have 3,500 miles to take care of every year to try and keep those roads in good condition. As the session opened up to public comment, Commissioner Chris Holstrom says that the county is eager to hear thoughts from residents of Lawson Hill. We made sure to invite Lawson and the surrounding areas there. Last discussion was mostly West Meadows residents. So, Despite the decision to locate the chain-up station near Lawson rather than Mountain Village, public comment still focused on the West Meadows location and the impact of having a paved pull-off. Here's homeowner Paul Harvey. What I worry about is 10 years from now, they'll say, gosh, it's already paved. Shouldn't we put lights there? So it's, it's what happens next rather than the paving that worries me. But I, I don't know how to fix that. I, I just wanted to say that, that the paving becomes a pretense for further development later. I, I do have some, you know, 
some trepidation about that, but I'm not sure how we fix that here today. Other residents of the ski ranches voice similar concerns, noting that pavement might be a slippery slope towards other development. Additionally, there were requests that the pullout be marked with signs prohibiting overnight parking. Regarding concerns over noise at the Lawson Hill chain-up, CDOT engineer David Payton says that the county can take action against noisy truck braking. We can't outright ban the use of engine brakes, but we can attempt to minimize them. That does require that uh, the county have an ordinance on the books that essentially states that uh, engine braking is not allowed unless there's an emergency. Commissioners unanimously approved of the proposed stations down Valley and at Lawson Hill. CDOT will put together a construction timeline for the project. For those of a certain age, the name High School Musical likely elicits a memory of sleepovers, sing-alongs, and early 2000s nostalgia. This weekend, Telluride High School will bring all those memories back up with their own production of the show. Of course, you didn't need to come of age in the age of High School Musical to enjoy the production. High School Musical, originally created for the Disney Channel, follows Troy Bolton, the captain of the basketball team, and Gabriela Montez, an academically gifted transfer student. The two try out for the school musical on a whim and promptly cause division between the school's cliques. The overall message of this musical is that you are what you do. And I think that's something that a lot of people need to listen because there's a lot of kids in high school that I know that do stuff because they want it on their, re their resume or they want to get into a good college um, or they just want a good future. And it's like, you don't want to do something that you don't like, right? You want to stick to stuff that you truly feel passionate about. And I think that's a, more, a very important message. That's John Pumiali. He's in 12th grade and playing Troy Bolton in Telluride High School's production of High School Musical. Pumiali adds there are similarities between the struggles of the students in High School Musical and the real world. I think, especially us, since we're high schoolers, we experience a lot of pressure from like our cliques, I guess we could say. Um, and it's like we feel very confined to the friends that we hang out with. And it's like sometimes you just want to branch out and like try new things. 10th grader Charlotte Guest, she's playing Gabriela Montez, agrees. It's kind of like breaking free from those like stereotypes and norms that like society confines you to and moving past that to just like be yourself. For Anna Marie Davidova, Participating in High School Musical gives a new taste of the American high school experience. From the movies I've seen before, I cannot imagine American high school being completely different. And what I have seen in the past two months has been an amazing experience, and it's for sure very different from the very stereotypical films. Davidova is an exchange student from the Czech Republic. She wanted to try her hand at musicals. She's only done dramas before. This seemed like a really good opportunity to meet new people and I told myself before I went to this exchange that I just want to try everything at least once. And while High School Musical does focus on the ins and outs of drama in a high school, Pumiali says the show's for everyone. I think if you're an adult and you've already gone through high school it's amazing to relive it because I guarantee that you will see yourself in at least one of our characters. And if you're a kid and you still haven't seen High School Musical and you still haven't gone through high school, then you will find somebody who you want to be like. And it'll help you understand that there is no reason why you have to stick to one thing and you can try as much as you want. 
Telluride High School's production of High School Musical will take place in the Palm Theater on Friday, November 11th and Saturday, November 12th at 7 p.m. There will be a matinee on Sunday, November 13th at 2 p.m. Tickets will be available at the door. The San Miguel County Sheriff's Office and the San Miguel Power Association are both reporting cell and power outages across the region today, Wednesday, November 9th. Due to high wind, outages have been reported in the Deep Creek, Rico, and Groundhog regions, and crews are actively working to find and repair breaks. As challenging weather conditions continue, the timeline for restoring power is unclear. Please take extra care if you see line crews at work. It's a fundraiser, sure, but it's mostly just a party. The 5th Annual Mountain Munchkins Family Date Night is this Friday, November 11th at the Telluride Conference Center in Mountain Village. There's fun for all ages, with a bouncy castle, bountiful snacks, a movie screening, a ski pass raffle, a silent auction, and a cash bar. Proceeds from the event support the Mountain Village Daycare Facility. The party runs from 5 to 8 p.m. The Grand Canyon won't see a beach-building flood this fall for the fourth year in a row. KNAU's Melissa Sivany reports it's because of low water levels at Lake Powell. The U.S. Bureau of Reclamation, with advice from stakeholders, determined that releasing an artificial flood from Glen Canyon Dam this year would create unacceptable risks to water delivery obligations and to hydropower. But the number one concern was smallmouth bass, a non-native fish discovered below the dam earlier this year. Agency spokesperson Clarence Fullard says they're a threat to native fish. A high flow experiment would bump up flows and potentially redistribute those juvenile swimmer bass downstream into the marble and, and uh, Grand Canyons. Lack of sediment or lack of water has stymied the flood program since 2018. Scientists say periodic high water releases are necessary to rebuild sandbars, which are vital for wildlife habitat and campsites. I'm Melissa Sivany. The Navajo Nation presidential election results are in. For KSUT and KSJD, Clark Adamidas has more for Rocky Mountain Community Radio. Boo Nigren has been elected as the 10th president of the Navajo Nation. He was elected alongside Vice President Rochelle Montoya. Nigren and Montoya defeated incumbent Jonathan Nez and vice presidential candidate Chad Abeda. Rochelle Montoya is the first ever female vice president in the Navajo Nation. Nigren and Montoya received over 34,000 votes, defeating Nez and Abeda's 31,000 votes, according to the election results. 
Boo Nigren has a doctorate of education from the University of Southern California and an MBA from Arizona State University. He has previously run for vice president of the Navajo Nation. This will be his first time as an elected official. Over 126,000 registered voters were eligible to vote in the Navajo Nation yesterday in Arizona, New Mexico, and Utah. For KSUT and KSJD, I'm Clark Adamitis. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for snow showers tonight, mainly before 3 a.m., with a low around 10 degrees. Snow may be heavy at times with possible accumulations of 3 to 6 inches. Thursday calls for sunny skies with a high near 25, and Thursday night should be partly cloudy with a low around 5 degrees. Friday calls for sunny skies with a high near 25. Friday night will be mostly clear with a low around 10 degrees. This has been the news for Wednesday, November 9th. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 970-728-3206. Kodo News will be off on Thursday to attend a Rocky Mountain Community Radio Conference in Grand Junction. We will be back on Friday with our regularly scheduled news programming. 